another episode of the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Um, Sixes are number one in the Eastern Conference after six games, and I am loving it right now. I'm very happy about that. I'm happy that I have something to cheer me up regarding a Philadelphia sports team season because after last night, a game that I did not watch at all, I just checked my timelines. Thank God the Eagle season is over. We can all concentrate on the Sixers and, you know, the idiotic takes that will be made about the Sixers in the inevitable future. We all know it's coming, so let's just get mentally prepared for it right now. Anyway, on the line on the pod today, we have Tyler Monahan penned a nice little column about Shake. Shake Milton, hashtag free Shake. He's having a wonderful six-game start to the season. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see. Nice to see that Doc has faith in the kid because I was honestly a little bit worried about him. But Tyler's on the line right now. Tyler, how you doing? What's going on? I'm great, Adio. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank God I don't have to think <laughs> about anything else but Sixers basketball. Yeah. Uh, and Disappointing and, season for the Eagles. Happy and, it's over. but And yeah. maybe Flyers hockey. Like, it's, it's yeah. Hey. Probably. Yeah, no. Probably I'll get down on that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Got to support all the guys. But starting about Shake, um, I think it's high time this kid got his due. I think he got handed a raw kind of he got held like he got dealt a pretty effed hand at the end of the season. Like the the COVID thing plus Ben Simmons going down and then all the expectations being put into the rotation like Shake had a rough last season yeah i think that everything that you mentioned they kind of threw him into a spot that he wasn't necessarily ready for i think it was kind of like a trial by fire which uh kind of stinks but he he wasn't terrible in it he showed some flashes and i think that's all anyone really expected and um it was kind of those flashes that you say, okay, maybe next year's the year that he really makes a jump. And so far this year, he has made that jump, it seems like, which is awesome to see. He's now the sixth man, pretty reliable, great shooter. Um, and like I said in my my column, he, you know, he put on some added weight, some added muscle, and, you know, he looks ready to really, you know, bang around with some of the bigger guys in the NBA, which is really cool to see. And that's one thing that the Sixers, like the the question of the bench always comes around with the Sixers and just now at least you know when Shake is in the game I don't feel like we're going to be completely inept on offense <laughs> it's it's weird isn't it yeah no it's super nice to have like a reliable <laughs> option as a backup point guard I feel like we've been searching for one for like forever and now we have someone that can you know actually dribble and shoot and create their own shot they can do all three. Um, I don't think the Sixers have ever had a player like that, at least in the last couple of years, probably since Allen Iverson, it seems like um, that can actually, you know, dribble and shoot at the same time. They don't have to pick or choose. It's nice. It's nice for him to actually uh, be that player that we all kind of saw when we drafted him. And I know everybody wants to do the knee jerk reaction and give the kid a nickname like Hibachi or like microwave <laughs> or like instant offense. Just no shake is fine. <laughs> Shake is absolutely fine. Leave it alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Doc kind of came into the season, and when he talked about Shake, the first thing he did was reminisce about that Clippers game, which I had honestly <laughs> forgot about. I looked it up and looked at the status of the highlights, and was just like, 
holy hell, Shake torched the damn Clippers <laughs> with Kawhi and Paul George in the team. Shake Milton just torched the damn Clippers. It was insane because that was the game. They didn't have Embiid or Simmons in that game, so everyone was like, okay, just chalk it up as a loss. And then Shake was just like, you know what? I'm going to keep it close for some odd reason. You know and what? F exploded. this. No Ben, <laughs> no Ben, no Joel means I'm getting shots up. And he, yeah. he put up 39 points in 39 minutes. <laughs> Seven and nine from three. Like, I, what was your reaction after that game? Like, that was that was mind boggling to me. I was like, where'd this kid come from? <laughs> well, I was uh, I was still in college because this is all before, you know, covid hit and all that and uh i was with my roommate i think it was a sunday afternoon nothing was really going on i think my roommate was studying he's not a big basketball guy and i was watching the game on my computer and i just kept saying oh my god (laughs) you know what's happening and he he's like he's like dude are you okay i'm like i don't i don't think so shake milton is having a career day out of you know out of the blue um i mean it was awesome to see him kind of take command and I, i think we're seeing not necessarily that level of play so far this year from Milton, but uh, we're seeing that same confidence and that same swagger that he seemed to have in that game, which is, which is really, really awesome. This is one thing that doc said, and it got me thinking a little bit doc in your piece. And you quoted him. You said he's quote faster than he thought, which was interesting to me because now that leads me to believe that was it possible Brett Brown just wasn't using him in that way enough? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, like, that was weird, wasn't it? it? It was. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily Brett Brown not using him correctly. I just think that maybe he didn't think that he was ready for those types of minutes yet. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I think last year was kind of the year where you put him in in certain certain situations, give him minutes here and there, but you don't want to necessarily rely on him too heavily because, I mean, he's still he he had never gotten NBA minutes really up to that point. He was really just a G League player, um, so I think Brett Brown was kind of reluctant to to play him in, in heavy minutes in in key parts of the season just because he was so such an unknown quantity, um, and I think after the performances he put up last year, I feel like doc rivers now saying, okay, you know, let's see what we have in him. You know, we're not going to get uh, really much out of him If we play him here and there, we got to actually give him like a, a specific role. And that's what they're doing. I think it's all about giving him a correct role and a, a correct spot to shine after last year, where he was kind of just getting acclimated really to the NBA game. So like a confidence kind of thing, like both ways, like confidence in, uh shake to you know kind of perform with those increased minutes and then confidence in shake that like he could actually contribute on a professional level yeah no confidence is definitely key i i think it really comes down to um yeah they drafted him in the second round they slowly developed him it was all about just bringing things along slowly they didn't rush him out there and just throw him onto the court like we saw you know during the real process era where we're kind of just throwing guys out there and seeing what they have aka the Um, same hinky way (laughs) exactly (laughs) um you know we we had the uh, the sixers had the ability to develop him slowly and play him in the g league and give him spot minutes here and there and and really let him grow from afar almost. And I think that's super important that they didn't have to necessarily play him right away because he really wasn't ready from the get-go just to go out there and play. They He had to 
kind of developed that ball handling, handling ability a little bit more. He had to add a little bit more strength. He had to work on his shot a little bit more, even though it seems to have translated from uh, his time at SMU. Um, so, yeah, I think that that ability to bring him along slowly brought him a little bit more confidence because he saw that he can succeed at the G League. He saw he could succeed in those spot minutes uh, last year, and now he's seeing that as a six-man in, in a much bigger role, he can succeed there too. And that's the underrated thing about the G League that n- not everybody understands when you get these guys in like the second round, like you don't expect them to contribute right away. So you can just stash him in there. And like, mm-hmm. what else What else was Shea going to do if he's just coming in there as like the 13th guy on the bench and there are guards in front of him like Jay Rich and Owl Neto mm-hmm. and Cork Maz and all the other guards in front of him. Like Shea could get valuable experience, get his confidence levels up, and you're kind of seeing that now. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like what they're kind of doing I love with the uh, G League. Yeah, I mean, like we we have guys like uh, Dakota Mathias this year and uh, Paul Reed. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna be getting minutes in the G League, but they're also gonna be with the team, getting some minutes here and there with the Sixers. Um, they don't have to rely on these guys right away, which they is really don't. cool. And it's a, yeah. it's great. I love mm-hmm. it. Just getting back to Shake and the first game where he dropped damn near forty on the Clippers, like. <laughs> you get back to the flash in the pan idea. And honestly, I certainly thought it was kind of a flash in the pan thing. It was like, okay, this kid almost, this kid dropped 40 on the Clippers. I don't think this is happening again. Like, did you, was this the start of something or just like a one-off? Like when you saw it, because you, you had the, you had the great reaction (laughs) to the game and it was similar to mine. Like, did you think that just like, okay, wait a minute, this shake Milton guy, I want to see more of this kid. Yeah, no, I definitely wanted to see him in a more defined role heading into the year. I definitely didn't think he'd be a guy that'd be, you know, dropping 30 or 40 a game. Um, But I definitely saw some of the things he was doing and said, you know, he can be a contributor on this team. You know, if they give him that defined role of the backup point guard or the backup shooting guard, however they feel um, he's best suited. Uh, I I didn't necessarily think it was just a flash in the pan, but I definitely felt like um, I guess you could say that I felt he could be a key member of this team, um, but not someone that you you necessarily can rely on day in and day out. Like I I, I think if the Sixers are constantly looking for. 15 and 20 points a game from shake Milton, they're not going to be successful. Yeah. I think I get what you, I think I hear what you're getting at. And it's like, they didn't want to put him in that kind of a role where they like really relied on him for his Mm -hmm. scoring. And I feel like, and we're getting ready to talk about the bubble. Like, is it possible he felt a little too much pressure, especially like after, like you said, after that game, people start to talk about him a lot more. (laughs) And now all of a sudden, uh, Brett Brown is like, okay, you know what? We're going to put shake into more of the, like the starting rotation. Yeah. I think that there definitely was some sort of added pressure with him in the bubble. Um, he didn't play great in the bubble. He didn't play poorly. Also, he, uh, he was fine. You know, he, he was, a uh, he was a solid bench player. And I think that's what you should kind of expect from him. Um, after that 40 point game, everyone's like, okay, you know, this kid's going to light the, light the league on fire. And, you know, he kind of went back to, you know, just being, being a solid player. And that's all you really need from Shake Milton. Um, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's definitely a good thing. Like it, they're, 
the league needs solid role players, and that's what he is. I think a lot of people kind of jumped the gun on him after that. Um, but I think people are kind of back to the spot where they're like, okay, you know, he's a six man. He comes in, he can get some buckets, he can lead the, the uh, offense. Um, but they're not expecting him to be like the next superstar of the league. Right. So the, I think the expectations are a little bit down, which is good because I, I think with, with increased expectations of him, um, it's just a little bit too much pressure. Right. Cause I remember when they were even thinking about putting shake and starting line lineup. And I was thinking to myself, that sounds like kind of a bad idea right now. Mm-hmm. And everything changed when Simmons went down. So he was kind of thrust into that role And it was just interesting because that's always a great what if. Like, what Mm -hmm. if the Sixers had a healthy Ben Simmons and Shake on the rise in that series against the Celtics? Like, I don't think they get swept. Like, that's for sure. They probably still lose. They probably still lose the series, but there's no way Mm -hmm. they get swept. I don't think. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I think they at least win one or two. At least one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it probably goes six. They lose in six um, if Simmons is healthy and Shake continues to um, succeed in that role that he had uh, last year. But I mean, hey, that's it's the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes you don't always get what you want. <laughs> and and then the and then the other what if then uh, just to piggyback off of that, like what if you know, Shake has a really good playoff series, even in a six game loss to the Celtics, but he looks really good. Like, do the Sixers go out and trade for Seth Curry or, well, they probably still do anyway, because hell, <laughs> they, they need shooters. Um, all right. So I guess that question is neither here nor there. So we'll move on <laughs> this season. One thing that I have noticed as well as you have, and hopefully many others have, yeah, Shake just looks stronger. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. And on the block, getting posted up by Russell Westbrook and the the, the Russell Westbrooks and the bigger guards of the Eastern Conference, like you gotta be able to bang down low sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah, no, you have to be able to kind of hold your weight. Um, and I feel like m- more now than ever, I don't know how much weight Milton has put on or how much muscle. Um, if he has any, I don't know if my eyes are just deceiving me. He just seems bigger. <laughs> um, I mean, who, who knows? He he might be he might be uh, drinking some protein shakes. Uh, try get try and get that muscle up. But um, keep that keep that body fat <laughs> keep that body fat down, my man. Yeah, but uh he does look like he can kind of hold his own against those tougher guards. Now he keeps in front of him. The, the game or the, the play I was most impressed by was definitely against the Knicks. He was guarding RJ Barrett right before halftime. And, you know, RJ Barrett for all of his weaknesses, he's a big shooting guard. Like he's just has a big body and, and can force smaller players out of his way to get to the rim. Shake Milton was guarding him and he kept him directly in front of him the entire time as the shot clock was winding down. And he forced RJ Barrett into a really tough mid range jumper where shake was also contesting it because he was able to keep him in front uh, Barrett in front of him. Um, and obviously the shot didn't go in, went to halftime, Sixers win the game. I, I love that play because it shows that, you know, these bigger guards can't just blow by shake Milton anymore. I don't want to say he was a turnstile last year. Cause he definitely wasn't, but he wasn't, a strong defensive player and it seems like he made the correct adjustments or the needed adjustments um, to be a successful 
point guard, shooting guard in the NBA. I think he really took it to heart. If he wants to be the sixth man, or if he wants to have a really key role, he needs to improve on defense as well as being able to run the offense. And it seems like he's done a great job of that just because he's now a lot stronger. And after seeing, you know, JJ Reddick get bodied in the post by, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Marcus smarts of the world, like that's, that's important, especially if, you know, the Sixers have to play the Celtics again in a damn playoff season. <laughs> Or if, uh, you know, I get my dream, which is Bucks Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, yeah, Drew Holiday is going to try to post you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton is going to try to post you up. So, like, you got to be able to bang with those two. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, Drew Holiday is one of, like, the strongest point guards, shooting guards in the league. Oh. His, his body type, his archetype is just so... He's so compact, and so he can be physical if he wants to. He can be kind of smooth and and just dribble around and get open jumpers if he wants to as well. But he's also you know, got that herky jerky that people mm-hmm. like to talk about a lot. So yeah. like he's 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 shifty. That's the yeah. word. He's shifty. Uh, yeah. That's I think word. I think if if Shake Milton should model his game after a player in the NBA, it probably should be Drew Holiday. I don't know if his body's ever going to get to the level of Holiday, but. I think that's the kind of game he should aspire to have because it's a great two-way player, obviously great offensively, and his defensive game has grown so much since we saw him on the Sixers before we traded him away. Yep. Um, I think that's just such a, a great player to model a young prospect or a young player in the NBA's game after is Drew Holiday. With the strength on defense, you also get strength offensively. And one thing that I've noticed, Shake is getting some tough – shots in the lane he's getting mm-hmm. in there and i am here for that yeah like yeah, for how sure. like how his improved ability and willingness to get into the lane take contact like how does that help his overall offensive game oh it helps him a ton because now defenses are saying okay well he's not just a shooter we have to if he drives in we have to expect him to maybe go up with it instead of just pass it out um it's a really big thing that he's added to his game this year. Uh, obviously, you know, against the Hornets in the last game, we saw him kind of do a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, hook shot. Uh, that was fantastic <laughs> on levels I cannot yeah. describe in words. <laughs> that was awesome. It, it was awesome. We, we've seen him just pull out a bunch of different moves from, you know, this bag of tricks that we didn't know that he had. And I think a lot of it has to do with not just him being more physical, but just because he his wingspan, he's just so lanky and his arms are just so long. He's able to get these tougher shots up past taller defenders. And that's not something that a lot of players on the roster have but he's able to use that to his advantage. And now that he's stronger, I think he's he's seen that he's more willing and more able to get into the lane and, and use those physical advantages that he has, uh, which is really great because now, you know, he's not just a shooter. He can do so much more. I just want him to just one time just utilize the dream shake because that would just, <laughs> that would just be this perfect tweet storm i think twitter would explode if that twitter happened. would explode <laughs> free shake with the dream shake <laughs> i would i would not be doing my job unless i pointed this out um he is averaging 12.3 points per game but are you a little concerned that he's only shooting about 29 percent from three or is it like it's it, it's six games it's six games a deal calm down yeah, no, I, I think the uh, 
the sample size is still a bit too small to actually buy into that. I think the, the numbers will kind of go back to the average. Um, I didn't even realize 20, 29% is what he's shooting right now. It, yeah, I, I just had to look it up. I was just like, wait, it's, damn, really? It's a little bit low, but he the thing is he's getting the open shots just because the offense is moving so much more fluidly this year than it did last year. Um, and, you know, getting, spacing. <laughs> yeah, they're getting the open shots. Players are moving around. You know, the thing I love is that Seth Curry now, he's such a shooter, but he has also shown the ability to drive in and just even create shots in the mid range or drive, drive inside to the lane or kick it out. And Jake Milton seems to always be in a position where he's open at the three point line. So he's getting these shots. They're just not necessarily falling right now. I think that'll go back to normal. I do think that his numbers that the, uh, the 12.3 points per game that he's averaging right now. I, I do think that's something that can kind of stick, maybe even, jump up a little bit more yeah uh, but I, I think 12 points per game is is a solid number for shake as the uh as a six man i think that's something that maybe he could even possibly improve upon he is about 25 percent of his shots in the six games are jump shots and like yeah they're not falling but like you said everything kind of reverts back to the mean like it's only mm-hmm. been six games so you know may, maybe right things will like get back to where he was last season yeah, no, I definitely think they will. He's he's getting the looks. That's what it's all he's about. Getting the looks. He's getting the open looks. They're just not necessarily falling. Every shooter in the entire world, you know, NBA or non NBA, has gone through a, a spell where they really can't just can't get the jumpers to fall, um, and they eventually just start dropping. And I think that'll happen sooner rather than later. And you know, if the percentages start to go up it's going to look even better because he's averaging 12 points a game with these kind of wonky shooting numbers. Yeah. Right now. So, I mean, if those numbers go up, he'll be averaging even more, which was uh, exactly what the Sixers want from him. I just have to remind myself when it comes to Shake Milton, just like, listen, Adio, not everybody can go off for 60 <laughs> points like Seth Curry did last night. Just calm down. Or Steph Curry. Damn it. I keep saying Seth and Steph on the podcast. I mean, I the, way, the, the way that Seth is playing, it's it's easy to confuse the two. God. I mean, hey, we have to ask the question, who is the better Curry? I mean, it, it, no, it's, it's up for debate it's now. Steph. No, it's not. It's Steph. <laughs> no, it's, of, it's, of course. It's of course. Stop it. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I do like the addition of Seth Curry because it kind of, because you were saying model him after Drew Holiday, but mm-hmm. you know, if he's watching Seth Curry, that's not the worst thing in the world either. Oh, no, for sure not. I love Seth Curry. I'm a big Duke fan. Um, he transferred of to Duke. You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to, I got to, uh, I gotta be a uh, a bandwagon fan for one team. I'm a I'm a Philly fan for everyone else, but I love Duke basketball. No, that's just more that's just more my PTSD triggering of like <laughs> Duke men's basketball costing me so much money. Like, oh yeah, know, that that's what that was. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but you know, Seth transferred from Liberty over to Duke, and he was the heart and soul of that offense when he was there, and. Everything that he did great at Duke trans uh, translated incredibly well to the NBA, and we're seeing that now. Obviously, the jumper looks incredible. Um, do I expect him to be shooting like fifty percent from three the entire year? Of course not. But of course not. He, the, the jumper looks good. It looks fluid. He's getting the shot up quick, and 
he he's smart enough to see when defenses are closing in and when he can take advantage of that because he has done such a great job of faking that three and driving in for a mid-range jumper just to get a little bit of an easier shot. Uh, I love that move. Obviously, you know, three points is better than two, but a good two-point shot you really can't pass up on. Um, 100%. He's just he's a really smart player and someone who makes the offense just so much more dangerous. I love having him on the team. You've talked about roles a bunch of times with Shake in this podcast. And yeah, it really helps when you have one. Mm-hmm. And Shake has the six man role. So I, I guess I got to ask because, like I said, I've said, I'm a degenerate gambler and I may <laughs> have I may have put a cool Andrew Hamilton on <laughs> Milton to win six man of the year. Did I just take $10 and light it on fire? Well, um, I'll put it this way. Last night, I put $5 on uh, Shake Milton to win six man of the year. So yes! I, I'm in there with you. <laughs> I, th- I think he has a chance to do it. If this is the role that he's going to consistently play on this team, I think he has a chance because the Sixers are going to be a good team. I think they're going to be a top four team in the East. He's going to have a, a main role in the team. And I think the way that they're playing and just the way that the offense is moving, I think they're going to get a lot more um, credit from the national media. And I think there's going to be a lot more eyes on the team this year, just because of how ugly last year was and how much better this year has already looked. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just how much better the team has already looked this year. I think the national media is going to say, okay, you know, maybe we underestimated the Sixers a little bit more coming into this a little bit coming into this year. Um, And that they have the players that can help them succeed to the levels that, that we expected over the last few years, the national media say, okay, you know, let's take a deeper look at this team. They're going to see shake playing incredibly well. If this, if this keeps up. And I think that the national media is just going to say, you know, this is a good player. This is a guy that should be in contention for sixth man of the year. I, I definitely think towards the end of the year, he, he's going to be in contention. If not one of the uh, front runners. I mean, like everything, everything reverts back to the mean, as we've said, like Terrence Ross is not going to be averaging 22 points a game, mm-hmm. like all season long. Like there's going to be some ebbs and flows there. So if shake is in that conversation with him and Dragic, who's also up there or um, Levert, honestly, I didn't know mm-hmm. that Levert was even an option. Cause I thought he was starting for Brooklyn. Yeah, I whatever. think well now with the Dinwiddie injury, I think they might be starting him a bit more. So he he was my pick to start the year to win six man of the year, but I think with the Dinwiddie injury, he might be uh transitioned into that, you know, starting lineup. So I mean we'll see, but uh if he continues as six man, he's the guy that scares me the most. And and me being me being Sixers fan, like I will not do anything that forces me to have to cheer for Jordan Clarkson. Just no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I refuse, my mental capacity will not allow for that. <laughs> he's just, he's the guy that every time I watch him, I just find myself always saying, you know, why? I hate you know, why is so he doing much. what he's doing? Like, why, why is he the way that he is? <laughs> I just checked it on, I just checked it on FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, Shake is plus 2,400. So, yeah. Uh, if you have an extra five or 10 bucks and the, the sports book app, this is not an ad for that, by the way, okay. <laughs> this is just what I use. Okay. Um, but I mean, if FanDuel sports book wants to like sponsor the podcast, like sponsor <laughs> Liberty ball is a little bit more than sure by all means. Um, 
but yeah, he's plus 2,400. So if you have like an extra five or 10 laying around, yeah, put it on shake. It's not a bad thing to do right now. Could definitely spend it on worse things. You could spend it on worse. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler loved talking to you about shake. And yeah, I'm super excited about this kid season so far because he's looked really good, like way better than I thought Mm -hmm. he would. So like it looks like everything has kind of transferred over from the bubble. Very nice. Seems to have Mm -hmm. a good offseason. He's stronger. He's better, stronger, faster. Like just got to get that shooting up. But he looks good. Yeah, no, I'm excited for where he's headed. I think the the added strength definitely has a part to play in that, both offensively and defensively. And I uh, I just hope that he can consistently do it. That's what I'm hoping, and I I, I think he has the ability to do so. He's a, he's a great player. And I'm excited to have him on the team as a, as a really key contributor. All right, Tyler, plug yourself, your social media, any podcast you're on for the network, anything you got coming up, anything you got planned. How's your New Year's? Um, yeah, you this can follow the, this is the <laughs> this is the informal portion of the podcast <laughs> where we're just BSing around. Uh yeah, you can follow me on uh Twitter at uh, it's at Timon underscore nineteen. Um I've been clipping a lot of uh videos uh from the Sixers games and from uh just college basketball as of late. It's a lot of fun. Um getting a lot of views on some of those videos. So I'm excited to keep doing that. I'm now um uh, uh part-time scout for a uh, prep girls hoops as well. So I'm scouting some uh, New Jersey high school basketball um, doing so all that. Saying it, so what you're saying is, is when I win the lottery and create a WNBA team here in Philly, I should just go ahead and hire you as my head of scouting. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I for sure would not be opposed. <laughs> Love doing it. There's some, some great talent out there trying to help them get recruited for uh, some collegiate teams, which is uh, really fun. Uh, but besides that, just hanging out, trying to stay healthy for the new year's hope, uh, hope all is well with you as well. Everything's good. I'm just like everybody else, just waiting to get that phone call for my primary care provider. Just be like, yo, your vaccine is ready. Come and get yes, this come of get course. This, come get this, John. Come get this right now. Let's go. Like you're trying to go to California this summer. Yeah, come on. You got to get the shot. Let's go. Come on. Get in here. Only a matter of time. Hopefully. Only a matter of time. Jesus. Um, I do want to close out real quick. If there are any Sixers fans listening to this podcast and uh, they happen to reside in the state of Georgia, uh, please vote tomorrow. Uh, it's the Georgia runoff. I am hoping because of what my politics are, I'm hoping that both Warnock and Ossoff get in because I would really like to see what the heck we can do with a full Democratic Party controlled president, House, Senate, whatever your politics are. I don't care what they are. Your politics are your politics, but whatever you do, go mm-hmm. out, vote. Same thing. Your voice matters. Your voice, voice effing matters. matters. Like, yes. Like I may, I may disagree with your voice, but it still matters. Okay. Like I'm respectful. <laughs> Unless you say something incredibly ignorant and stupid, in which case, yeah, all bets are off on that. That's when the Philly comes out. That's when the <laughs> not not just the Philly. That's when the West Philly comes out. Yes. Like, F yes. that nonsense. <laughs> like I'm very specific in in how I in how I verbally bludgeon people. If you follow me on Twitter. but appreciate the time tyler always fun having you on talk about sixers yeah follow follow tyler like his video stuff is actually really crisp so it's it's nice it's solid just check it out all right thanks Odio. appreciate you tyler